Hello and welcome to another episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left. This story comes from a friend of the podcast, David. David's story is about the trials and tribulations of travelling, something that we can all look forward to for after the lockdown. So this is a story about me. I'm not the proudest, but here we go. So I grew up in Hong Kong in the 90s. When I moved back to the UK, one of my best friends, Matt, was really intrigued about my upbringing. And so one year I decided to invite him. My dad still lived over in Hong Kong, so I invited him over there to uh, give him a taste of where I grew up and how things were. And he loved it. He loved everything about Hong Kong. He loved the food. He loved the weather. He loved the lifestyle. But most of all, he loved the language. So much so, in fact, he ended up going to university, to SOAS, and he studied Chinese. And several years passed and he ended up living out in a place called Xiamian, which is a city just in the southeast of China. And he was working out there and obviously practicing his Mandarin as well. So one year as a kind of like role reversal, he invited me to go from the UK and visit him in mainland China in his tiny little flat in Xiamen. And so one summer, I just said, right, fine, I'll just go by myself. I think I'd just finished university. So I didn't have that much money at the time, but I thought, well, fuck it, why the heck not? I don't get that many opportunities to go to mainland China. And one of the things you've got to realise is that in Hong Kong, you can get by without knowing Chinese because everyone pretty much can understand English. But the difference is in mainland China, as a Westerner who doesn't speak any Chinese, you're considered as quite unique. You don't get many people, especially in the working class areas of China, that can speak English. And so I was really relying on my friend Matt when I went over there. So I arrived in Xiamen and he said, right, we're going to one of my favourite places. It's an all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant. I couldn't believe it. I absolutely love sushi and I was just stuffing my face with a tonne of stuff. I think it was like five pounds for all-you-can-eat sushi, really good quality stuff. But the other thing was that it was all-you-can-drink as well, alcoholic drinks, and I was like, five pounds? You can just order as much sushi, which I love, and as much beer as I love, and I can just keep on going. It just blew my mind. I was so ecstatic that I um, did eat a lot of sushi, but I also drank a hell of a lot of alcohol, way too much. 
and I started on the beers but inevitably there was a big group of us I didn't understand anything that was going on my mate Matt was just ordering on my behalf as well we ordered some rice wine and some other spirits and it was just a bit, a bit crazy and so we spent a couple of hours in this sushi restaurant getting quite drunk and for some reason we went to another all-you-could-drink venue but this time it was a bowling alley and by this time I was very very drunk I do remember picking up a bowling ball and running halfway down the lane and just slipping over and just dropping the bowling ball and it kind of gradually rolling towards the alley it was absolute carnage I turned into one of those people that I hated you know the kind of Brits abroad type person just going a bit crazy not really knowing my boundaries and then it was at that point in the night that it went a bit fuzzy I can't really remember much after that I do remember being in a nightclub drinking more beer my mate Matt copping off with some woman and he just like dancing crazily in the middle of the dance floor and it was a bit mad anyway maybe a couple of hours later I looked around and I suddenly realised that my friend Matt and his entourage, his his friends that I went out with early in the night, were nowhere to be seen. And because I was so drunk, I didn't really panic. I was like, it's fine. Remember what his block of flats looked like, so how difficult can it be? So I think I walked out of the nightclub and just wandered down the road. Only after about five minutes, I realised I was in a lot of trouble. I thought, hang on a minute. I'm in a city where nobody speaks English. I'm completely by myself. I haven't got the address of my friend. I'm completely wanked and I don't know how to get back. I'm just lost and I started to get quite cold at this point. It was probably about half an hour until dawn. And so, yeah, I started to kind of sober up and slightly panic. And it was at that point I walked past, there was a big intercontinental hotel, a really posh hotel where quite a few foreigners were coming in and out. And I don't know why I did this. I went into the reception. I said something like, hey, I'm not from here, but I've lost my friend. Is it all right if I can just wait here and chill out until he comes and gets me? And... The look of shock on their faces, they must have just thought, oh, here we go, another drunken Englishman. Let's just, like, nod politely and, and let him go. So I just wandered into the hotel. I followed a guy into the lift. Uh, he pressed a button and I found myself locked in a lift with a complete stranger going up to something like the seventh floor. And I thought, what am I doing with my life? I don't belong in this hotel. I've lost my friends. I'm in the middle of China. What am I doing? Anyway, the door opened. The man got out. I was just wandering the corridors of the hotel, just thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Somehow, I came across a door. I tried it, and it was open. And it was one of those store cupboards with loads of spare stuff in that obviously the cleaners used so there were spare 
sheets and uh, cleaning liquids, uh, pillows and mattresses. And I thought, oh, brilliant. I can just put down one of these mattresses and have a little bit of a kip, have a nap and fall asleep for a couple of hours and gather my thoughts. And to this day, I don't know why I did this. I took off all my clothes. I put down one of the mattresses, folded my clothes neatly next to me, got a spare cover and just went to sleep. Several hours later, I woke up with a start. I was like, what? What am I doing here? Completely naked in a strange hotel. Didn't know what I was doing. Luckily, I didn't throw my trousers too far away. They were right next to me. So I I quickly got changed, ran down the stairwell, through the fire escape, onto the street again. Oh, God, my head's banging. I don't know where I am. I know I'm in the middle of China, but I don't know any Chinese. The hangover was kicking in. It was just a a very warm day. I must have still been quite drunk because I just got into the nearest taxi, which is just outside the hotel. I just looked at this guy who didn't know any English and just went, Matt's house? And he just looked at me like, what are you doing, mate? And I realised he didn't speak any English. We couldn't communicate. He definitely didn't know where Matt's house was. (laughs) And so I got out. So I started pounding the streets again, and it was probably about 11 o'clock in the morning at this point. And due to some incredible good luck, I looked up and I was like, that's Matt's apartment, I can't believe it, I've I've made it. I got into the building somehow, into his building, buzzed somebody who let me in. But I still didn't know what floor he lived in, because it was probably about a block of flats of about 15 floors but I knew it was somewhere around the eighth floor, so I kind of went from floor to floor, knocking on the doors. Until finally, this woman who I'd never seen before just went, are you David? Oh, there you are. Matt has absolutely no idea where you went and he's been looking around Shaman all day trying to look for you. So I just went into this stranger's flat who fed me tea and coffee and gave me some food. And, um, yeah, just waited for Matt to come back. What I can only describe as a mixture of anger and absolute hilarity. We just spent the rest of our day just talking about that night and just in complete stitches about what went on. This just makes me think of all the times I've been horrifically drunk and I've woken up not knowing what I've done the night before and just wondering, oh, what happened? And then things just come back to you slowly. It's almost quite magical, <laughs> that process of just remembering what happened the night before. It turned out he had woken up, presumed I had already gone back to his house, And then when he woke up this morning and I wasn't there, he just, he was having a panic attack because he just thought, he invited me over to China to have a good time and he thought he'd killed me. The other thing I like to think about this story is how resilient humans are and how many times people go through things like this and they always come out fine on the other end. You know, maybe they have a bruised ego. Maybe it's partly that we don't hear all the other stories of things that go horrifically, horrifically wrong, but it resonates with me. 
What really resonates with me is that blase, you're reliant on your friend and you're sure everything's going to work out fine. So you don't bother to take down his address or you don't bother to look at the map or pay attention to where you're going out. I completely relate to that. I just kind of switch off and I'm a backseat passenger. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to this now. Any comments, feedback or ideas, you can always get in touch on Twitter. We use the handle at swipe left left. Also, we've been inviting people to leave us voicemails. So if you're looking for something to pass those long hours of quarantine, pick up your phone and share with us a true story now. Please subscribe. And if you want to get in touch, all of the details are on our website, swipeleftswipeleft.com. Remember, an embarrassment shared is an embarrassment halved. 